0: This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell. and in the studio, as I made mention last episode, don't know when it aired, because we're still recording on a Friday night.
1: That's right. We live hard around here. Hi, guys.
0: Is my wife. Hi. And I told you, we had an announcement. Ah,
1: yes, but I don't know what it is.
0: Kind of, right? And oddly enough, it wasn't supposed to be some sort of cliffhanger. Like, we get... (laughs) You know, when are you going to have babies? What's going on that oh, way? Yeah. When you, like No, no, no. And forgive me if, if that's how it came off. It wasn't intended that way. Right? It's, I think it's important to share, as we spoke about a relationship, our relationship and how it works, what Lindsay goes through being married to me. Oh. Right? And it's, I can't imagine it's any fucking treat <laughs> a, a lot of the times, right? It's, the egoic side of me wants to say, like, yes, I know I'm a good husband and all these things and right, but the the craziness that is the noise in my head is a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a lot. Because there's always a new idea, there's always a new plan, there's always a new something. And Lindsay over the years has went from in the way I view it, curious when we first got together, because it was like I had a whole bunch of stuff going on.
1: That and I didn't up, understand.
0: Yeah, and a whole bunch of stuff was, right, a lot of it behind the scenes was scrambling to try to make money to keep up with my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then it was right, pivoting into clothing sales and always trying to have two or three other things going on because I didn't want to be away from home and the internet's such an easy way to make money and all these stories, right? And, there's, and so I used to map out on a board, and I know we've covered this before, mm-hmm. Like, if all this stuff works and here's the percentage deals I have and like here's how much money we make a month, and the first couple of times, she's like, "Man, this is incredible! This is awesome! Like, it's fucking great."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep, because <of>, yep.
0: <laughs> she'd never seen it before, right? She's at that point. I called a medical professional, worked in veterinary medicine, and she's like, "That's a, that's a, wait that much money in a month, right?" Because it was six figures, right? It is what was estimated on the on the, <laughs> on the whiteboard. And the not famous was, whiteboard. Not what was actually made. And then, right over time, the new ideas started to become more of like an eye roll. For a while. Yep. Like what the fuck are you. What?
1: Well it was more like how many times you're going to write these grandiose ideas on a board. And none of it's actually going to happen. So I get like excited for you and for us. And then it actually doesn't come to fruition.
0: And then I started getting clear on. Only having one thing. This is about. I don't know 18 months ago maybe two years. And. And. It's obviously the industry, it's a profession I'm in now. Mm And I call it coaching, we can call it consulting, mentoring, whatever it is. Like it was just, it kept calling me. Like it, there was a need for it. I could share what I had actually been through. I didn't have to finesse, lie, massage. Like it's just, here's who I am. And I cared enough to consistently and still do to consistently push the envelope on my understanding, right? Either pay for mentorship myself or books or courses or trainings. And, That causes me, right, to find different ways to get rid of other businesses that I've been a part of. And I believe, as you're listening, right, the whole idea, and I love, right, with Warren Buffett, the average millionaire has, what, five streams of income or whatever these things are. I believe that to be 100% true. But I also believe they don't, you can't do that until you've stabilized and really maximized one opportunity that's in front of you. Yes. And as I shared on lap last episode for the, the fourth quarter of last year and certainly going to this year, I have been able to slow down my mind to create systems and processes to allow me to work less stressfully, work less hours, make more impact. And from that make more money. Mm-hmm. And it's a natural progression. If we look at psychology, spiral dynamics, things like that, where you transition from having to work really hard and push, 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 until you start to create systems and processes that allow you to work on a business versus in a business. And then you crave working with other people who have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you, what is unfortunate is you're listening, you can't skip the previous steps. You can try, but you'll, you'll default back to them. It's not that you fail, it's you haven't become became actualized in that level yet. And so anytime I've tried before with like 12 different things going on, nothing ever really works. And so I sit here and I've got a plan, right? And the plan is big, but the first time I share the plan with you, right? the plan for me is to make enough of an impact in enough people's lives this year that this will be a seven-figure income year mm-hmm. for our family just based off coaching,
2: mm-hmm.
0: doing it in a way that allows me to make impact in a one-to-one setting, in a group setting, and in like an in-person setting. hmm and it's, it's already mapped out for the year, right? Like this isn't like, oh, I might do this thing. Like, no, no, no. Here's the calendar. Here's how it works. Here's the price points. Here's how it like.
1: Right. It's a lot It's a lot more detailed and it's way different than the whiteboard in our home office that, you know, used to just have scribble on it.
0: Because it's already working. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and just so you're not left in the dark and put your credit card away, put all the things away. I'm not selling you anything just to give you a, a, a piece of mind of what I'm talking about. I realize that I help other coaches, mentors, and consultants get clear in their own mind and grow, scale, and optimize their business so they can make a bigger impact. That if you're not to a certain income level yet, there's some stabilization that has to happen. If you're not at $10,000 a month in reoccurring revenue, there's just certain things you have to go through. I get that because I have went through them, right? Like this is not, I didn't read it in a book and then I'm teaching it. It's like, you've heard my story as you're listening. I've had to go through these things. hmm then I realized that once you have kind of maximized 10 grand, and whether that's in a one-to-one setting or in a one-to-many setting, the next level you want to achieve is going to have new. Uh, as Kurt, right, the, my my right-hand man, told me a long time ago, and now it's everywhere. New levels have new devils. Like you, there's new things you're going to have to overcome, and really the next big jump is from 10k to 50k. Like you, there's different things you have to experience there, and fortunately for me, I've been in that in that range pretty consistently with. Revenue, not profitability. Those are different things inside a business. And so I realized that those people need different training and different accountability. But then I also realized there's some people that just want personal development. Like, as you're listening, maybe it's like, right, I never want to be a coach, I never want to be a mentor, I never want to be a consultant, but I got some shit in my head that I don't know how to get rid of. And I like you enough that I, I want to go down that path. Well, I have some different paths for that as well that aren't a group setting or select clients one to one, right? And I've actually I'll end up launching it by the time this episode airs, but I'm going to take all the personal development stuff that I've created over the years and create a system for you to consume it without, it's not going to be a a high five-figure, not going to be a high four-figure investment to to pull it off, because I think everybody needs it. Mm -hmm. Let me say this another way. I know everyone needs it. And then, right, there's some one-to-one clients, and I'm very selective with those, and it's a big financial investment. But they're for right, people that are swinging big bats right now. They're mm-hmm. people that are already making more than a half million dollars a year in their own business and are potentially right paying to have me come in for two days, three days for a consulting type of deal, having me set up systems and processes and structure inside their business while working on their mm-hmm. right psychology, subconscious, whatever you want to call it. And so I have that and I have right, benchmarks that we're running towards and the system's built to help me scale that. I share all that because it's it's now fairly automatic, right? I have four one to one clients right now. I onboarded a fifth. I cap it at six. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. It's never more than six hours a week. And the group training that I do equates to right about another five hours a week. And so, kind of that eleven hour a week type of deal of having to fulfill clients is is great for me, right? I think that's it feels good because it allows me more time to study and create and grow and do things. But from the nature of that and where this goes, Lindsay and I have been privyed and very fortunate to have some incredible friends come into our lives along our path. Mm-hmm. And one of those individuals is a man named Brian Teach. And Brian Teach happens to be um, one, of the, one of the great guys at, at First Form.
1: Yeah, we love Teach.
0: Summit Company based out of St. Louis, Missouri that is owned by right Andy Frisella and Chris Klein. And for whatever reason, right, I met Andy a long time ago in in Park City. Like before Andy was famous like he is now. Mm-hmm. He was an event with Sean Whalen. We were there. It was a small group. It
1: was a small little yeah, like bar 20, in Park City. Yeah, yeah,
0: 25 people in the room. And Andy's great, right? I mean, he ended up calling me and asked me to come to First Form at some point to make suits for for him. I mean, this is years and years ago at this point and in that first meeting Andy was generous enough to like supply suits for a lot of the guys in the company mm-hmm. I do not know anything the things I knew about First Form weren't I didn't know the intricacies of it and just so happened that Brian and I just hit it off really really well during that conversation and now Brian and I figured out it's, it's about four and a half years ago as you're listening to this Yeah. and so we've remained close friends whether it's been Right, based off suits in that time, or me introducing them to supplement stores, and so we're catching up, and right there's supplement stores in Columbus, and I said, look, like I know a lot of the owners, I know a lot of the people that run the stores. First form doesn't really have a presence here, which is crazy because to me, right, you have like Optimum Nutrition and Muscle Milk and a couple other like big box companies that are right in Walmart and. You're right, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And, and by the nature of that, their, their quality, in my opinion, eventually starts to suffer. But that's just my yeah. personal opinion. And then really what I would call the largest private company is First Form. Like to me, they should, they're everywhere.
1: And their stuff is really great.
0: It's phenomenal product. And I share all this because over the years, Brian had, Teach has introduced me to uh, two guys out of New York City. Steve and Tim. <laughs> they own some a company called Natural Bodies, you
1: have to chuckle if you know them
0: <laughs> incredible <laughs> like just in- they're in- awesome people incredible people, and I've gotten to see and been to their store quite a few times for different events mm-hmm. and just became friendly or friends with them as well, so much so like I made Tim his suit for his wedding, wedding. or yeah. tuxedo or whatever it was, and then right uh Melissa and matt Matt, another people like his I'm sharing all these stories with you because. What ends up happening is Teach comes to Columbus after Christmas because he's encouraged. He's Brian's in charge of all retailers. Mm-hmm. So the 1,200 retailers in the country that First Form operates through, Brian's the one that's had he, – he helps, he fulfills, he trains, he does all the things for them. And so he comes here with his daughter, Peyton, and they stay with Lindsay and I. And the whole goal is to get them introduced to local – supplement companies, like walk in, meet the owners, do some different things. Admittedly, during this time, I had approached a local supplement company about potentially buying into their company. I'll say partnering up with them, but it's not really so much that. It's I'll invest. I want to take care of the marketing aspect and right the branding and things like that, things that are in my wheelhouse, things that we can do not in our spare time, but
1: Plus it's an avenue we like we Avenue enjoy. we like
0: and it the, the pieces that I want to help with are the natural pieces that I'm good at mm-hmm. it, it's the same it's the same systems and processes I've used to build the coaching company I would use to help build a supplement company the guy says he's going to think about it and that's fine right like it, it, the, the guy's grown his company over like the past ten or fifteen years so it, I, I didn't expect anything to come of it but I, I wanted to put it out there and so I walked in to introduce Brian to him and Although he was supposed to be in town, he was out of town, right? For for whatever the reasons would be. It's like, ah, oh, no big deal. We talk to somebody else and we end up going store by store by store over a two day period in Columbus. Two and a half days. Yeah, two and mm-hmm. a half days. And I start figuring out how inefficiently these stores are ran. Like it's bad.
1: Like- yeah, might not. I mean, Locally here in Columbus, if you're local, and you go into any of the supplement stores that are not GNCs, although you could group GNCs into there too, but they're typically run or owned by what you would qualify or classify as a meathead, right? It's somebody that's like, yo, drink this muscle milk and go to the gym. This is going to give you a great pump. And like, they just don't get the marketing and business side of it. They're just like, I want to throw some protein on a shelf and make money and, you know, make people big and small.
0: Yeah. Right. There's just, um, it's just interesting. Right. And none of this is casting dispersions. We all go through our own evolution and and have to go through the things that we need to go through to experience life the way that we're supposed really, in my opinion, supposed to. And so Brian has had access to 1200 plus stores, right? He he travels a country like he knows what works and what doesn't. And we happen to know the people that are very successful. I mean, Andy Fursell and his partner, Chris Klein, have 12 supplement stores in St. Louis that all do very, very well for themselves. Mm S2, right? If you're local that, you might know them. And so, and I'm asking him, like, what am I missing? Because there's marginalization that exists, right? You have overhead from operating a business. You have cash flow on reordering inventory. You have personnel that, right, has to blend in at a certain rate of, you know, revenue or profitability. Like, this can't be that easy, right? Because I'm used to, I'll call it multiple merit You know, multiple multivariant equations to operate and run a business, like podcasting, media buys, like <laughs> just things. Like, there's just things. And he's like, "Man, there's nothing." Like, and so I lay everything out. I'm like, it can't be this simple. Kind of is, so (laughs) we start asking local stores right what their revenue is, and they all share it with us. I don't feel need to pull punches, right? They're twenty five to thirty five grand a month, Mm -hmm. is what the revenue is. Didn't ask profitability; it's not my business. Start looking, and again, I don't know how it works in your town as you're listening, but you walk into a local privately owned supplement store, and the man behind the counter is probably sitting behind the counter, arms crossed, maybe looking online and hey, welcome to insert store, can I help you? Or maybe just, can I help you? Or maybe the guy or gal doesn't say shit to you, and that's like your first impression. I start saying like, what if you offered actual value? What if you got up and greeted somebody and said, hey, you know, welcome to Submit Solution, I'm Ryan, and you are, what brings you in today, looking for protein or amino acids? Really following the same sales script that I had I'll say perfected or became very proficient at inside the car business. It's applied to applied supplements. He's like, "Yeah, that's really what it takes." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." And we bounce around and around and see all these things, and I get privy to some of the internal information. I can't. That's a, that's an overstatement. I don't know what the the stores in St. Louis do, but I know they do more revenue than the stores do here in Columbus. St. Louis and Columbus are comparable markets. And so I started really picking Teach's brain about like, well, we can't really get you in stores here, but what if I just open a store? What if I take the big swing <laughs> and open a supplement store?
1: And hence, you get another peek into my life where my husband then comes home from all day with Teach out and about. I've got the kids. And he comes home and the the girls are upstairs. They're playing. They're on TikTok and making videos and all kinds of stuff. And My husband teaches it down there like, so I think we're going to open a supplement store. I was like, what in the fuck? Because it's always something. It is always something.
0: And so she, unfortunately, like, I love you to death. You let me talk. Like, we're sitting there, we're sharing, I'm asking the questions, you're listening. And we all hang out, right? We we all know each other. We're all friends. And it's kind of not pushed to the weight. Like, we just kind of slide it off the the table of conversation. We go on about our, our business. Eventually, Lindsay and I are laying in bed, of course, and she's like, are you serious about this?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I said, well, yeah. She's like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> what? I said, yeah, like this isn't me just saying something, and I start breaking down the math. right? Because what I look at is I look at, if I come in as a consultant to your business, my goal is to help you get to 20% gross and net after all expenses. Like I look at that as a viable business model that can withstand market volatility as well as economic upturns and downturns. It, it leaves enough meat on the bone for you. Given the fact that you have a unique value proposition and right a unique selling proposition.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so a supplement store when ran the right way or ran decently checks all those boxes. And so I'm breaking down all the more internal mathematics that I don't think are relevant for our conversation right now. However, if you're listening to this and you're curious, email me. I'll share them with you. This is not like proprietary. And I share it with her. She's like, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. I'm going go to bed. Next day, I go out on the road to teach. Right, kind of doing the same thing. Come home, and I'm like, "Man, it was just bad today." Yep. Right, this person greeted us this way, and this store is doing this, and and we start really diving into it.
1: Yeah now now it's like a it's like it's a real discussion.
0: It is a real discussion. And how does it feel like? In the, what 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 have you felt, or what did you feel about this situation?
1: So this, this situation, I actually, well, besides the fact that when you first come to the table and talk about a new idea, of course, I'm like, okay, here we go. Because to be honest, there's been 50 different ideas over the last couple of years and it's always something, right? And, and you always postulate on what could be and then you write it out and then you get really excited about it and you dive into it for a little bit and then it just kind of goes away unless it's something you're truly passionate about and want to pursue. And so I'm just kind of used to it now and I I let you go through it and I listen and I you know just ask questions where needed and and let you go through your process because I know this process for you already. And so as we're talking about this and I'm understanding what it is that the really takes to do this and financially what it's going to take from us to do it and financially what it can produce for our family and then the fact that it's something that we both enjoy that would be an avenue that we're both familiar with and I look at like our entire half of our pantry is nothing but different types of supplements from different companies and we're always trying new things and like we're we're not idiots about stuff like that and I thought okay this could be a really viable option and something that we both could get into and enjoy doing that would be another source of income for our family that is uh enjoyable but still fits our life right it's not we're not going to be spread too thin or tied down to you know stuff we don't want to do and things we don't enjoy and it's not going to overtake our life where we can't do our coaching business and any of that so I thought okay this 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 might be more than one of my husband's like random whiteboard ideas
0: yeah because I mean, I mean admittedly if we take a time traveling machine back even six weeks with the success that I, with, with the things I've, I've built, like with just how this works, like, look, I'd really like to invest in a car dealership. And we're not talking a yes. a factory store. We're not talking millions of dollars, like a local car dealership, because I love to flip in and out of cars. And I'm very, started very-
1: started with the Pablo Escobar car.
0: Yeah. I'm very, very good at the industry. Mm-hmm. I understand all of it inside and out, but there's just not really the right opportunity, right? Because there's, obviously, as you're, you're thinking about this, it takes a, a yeah, it takes a lot of money to stock a dealership. Even if you're selling $5,000 cars and you want to have 20 of them on the lot, like there's a lot of overhead and investment and liability that exists with that. Mm-hmm. You buy a lot of $50 protein powder <laughs> right, for the, for the same dollar amount. And so I had brought that up to Lindsay quite a few times because uh, another client of mine runs a, a local small dealership here and mm-hmm. was uncertain if what the best path forward was for him as far as bringing on investors or things like that. I thought it was a good opportunity and I don't feel like you were super crazy about that one.
1: No, I wasn't because I know, I know enough from living with you and then having friends that are in the car world that that's something that you can get sucked into and lose your life and your time pretty quickly. That's also something that you can get sucked into and lose a whole boatload of money pretty quickly. And, I liked the idea of you being able to flip cars because it's always an itch that needs to be scratched for you. I get it, right? Like, it's like the horse thing for me. Like, it's never going to go away. And it it was also then something that was going to be more of something that took your time away from yourself, from our family, from our other business. And the supplement store is something that we can do as a family, something that is more of a viable option for us as a whole.
0: Yeah. Right. And so we continue to have ongoing conversation with Brian over the, right. The the last day that he's here, we sit down and come up with a plan start working on names, right. Reach out to real estate agents. Like it's, it's turning into something that will like, it's like it's a quarter one goal to have this, up and off the ground and be cash flow positive inside of really what'll be eight months. Mm-hmm. When I say cash flow positive, that is recapitalizing the initial investment that it'll take to stock the shelves, build out the place, hire somebody, right? Flip back over inventory a couple times and so that you've pulled out all the money you've initially put in. It should be eight months or so from from now if we get it launched in the first quarter, right? It's about a five-month maturation period without exponential growth and so number one I'm excited about it so I want to share with you guys as you're listening number two I think it's interesting when you have the right person supporting you they allow you to go through the things like I've put Lindsay through right a lot in the first six months of our relationship that's so old like it doesn't really matter but a lot as far as the ideas go because like I love to create and no matter what you think about the coaching industry as a whole, like I'm really, really good at business, math, and systems.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's really good. And that allows me to do things like consult with specific companies that, right, one has me come out and sees, right, a, a, a 6% increase in bottom line and a 30% increase in top line. Right. Like that really matters. Like mm-hmm. the culture's changed in a very short period of time so much that I'm get, I get to go back out in a handful of weeks from today and it'll be like a once a quarter thing. Where I end up coming in almost as a COO for hire. I'm really, really good at it and I love it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it takes someone that supports that to allow that to grow and mature because every other business that I've found up until now, up until this business, it required too much from something else as crazy as that sounds. Like at some point as you're listening, and this has been something I've had to work with Lindsay with, at some point you just have to fucking bet 100% on yourself. Yeah. Like no one's coming to save you, right? The thing you want to create, no one's going to create it for you. Like if your success depends on somebody else to check some box for you, you have to assume at some point they're not going to check the box. Mm -hmm. And that's difficult, right? It's not comfortable to say out loud. It's just the story of my life. like all the things i wanted to sell online and all the all the ideas and all the partnerships it wasn't that i wasn't capable of making sure they were successful
1: you relied on somebody else to check a box they weren't checking
0: or there was a miscommunication right it's not that my lack of success was based upon their lack of input it was the fact of there was just a misalignment mm-hmm. like instead of swinging for a home run every time or grand slam like i now live under the premise that success swings singles like how in the hell do i just make contact with the ball every day and that's even the supplement company world like our, our our store is going to be called
1: the supplement solution
0: and right the idea isn't to have a client a customer come in and spend a thousand dollars each time like i can sell and i can teach somebody to sell and if you want to walk in i guarantee i could put you through a meat grinder and get you to leave with four bags of stuff yeah that's how i work but it's not about that it's about like long-term customer value it's about customer care it's about education and knowledge it's I don't care if you want to come in and spend $100 today. I want you to just come in and want to spend $100 every 27 days.
1: Yeah, but I also want like I get asked enough by clients, by people that just randomly email in and so do you about what we take and how we work out and all the other kind of stuff. And it's something that we truly live the lifestyle of that. And so it's it's a way it's it spoke to me when we were talking about it because it's still a way to make impact for people doing something that we do already for ourselves and that you know we enjoy doing so to educate somebody to help somebody walk through i mean you've got sally soccer mom that's coming in and wants to lose 20 pounds in the first quarter of the year and doesn't know what to take and doesn't know how any of these things go and is intimidated walking into a local supplement store because it's run by a bunch of meatheads and they don't care about education they want to sell you the four bags of stuff like we yeah. We live locally here. We know a whole bunch of people, and we want to help and make that impact to change how people view those things so they can put them in place to better their
0: lives well, yeah, that and right one of the things that Brian said that just really stuck with me is every business is about profit, and i'm I'm okay with that. I'm a capitalist. like the business has to make money so that we can operate it and stay in business, yeah. But the only things that will be on the shelves are things that I would actually take because the quality of product is high and the ownership structure of the company that I'm buying it from is filled with integrity and honest. Mm -hmm. And the next big thing, the next fancy potion or lotion like. That just doesn't speak to me.
1: Yeah, you have to realize, and I don't think a lot of people do, that the majority of the supplements that you see on the shelves are thrown together by people that actually don't have any idea what they're doing in formulation. They don't take any time to do any research or any testing or any formulation of any real caliber. They just want to slap it together, put a label on it, and put it on a shelf so they can make money. They don't really care that much about how it affects your body. And the companies that we are going to supply our store with are companies that do, that test and trial and run and formulate and care about the manufacturing and what goes into their product and how it really works and does it really work and do we need to reformulate it and does it taste good and the whole deal. And so there are things that we use in our house personally that we will then sell in our store.
0: And the very nature of that, which is what gets unique, right? If you look at, well, I'll call it like the business triangle. You have three points on the triangle and you can have something that's fast. You can have something that's cheap or you can have something that's good. At any given point, you can't touch all three corners of the triangle. You can only – the lines only connect two of them. And so the store will not be cheap. Nope. Not because we want to gouge anybody but like good quality things cost money. Like, But it's an experience and that's where to me as you're listening – life now is becoming more experiential than I believe it has been for the past eight to 10 years online, where if you haven't had the opportunity to walk into a Louis Vuitton store, walk into a Kate Spade store. There's nothing wrong with Kate Spade. We have a Kate Spade person around somewhere, I'm sure, (laughs) right? Like, but the experience of shopping in that environment versus the guard at the front door of Louis Vuitton and everybody greeting you and asking if you want water and educating you on the different leather and the types of things and the way that they're interacting with you, they are different feelings because they are different price points and there's a different panage to it. There's a different thing mm. and it's not to be elitist like this. The store is not an elitist type of environment, but I would rather offer a high quality product at a price that is competitive for the market and justify that price with the way that you are treated, the education that you get and the fact you're not sold, like...
1: Yeah, and the the product is going to work for you.
0: You take Sally Soccer Mom, as you said. We start with the fact of, are you drinking a gallon of water a day?
1: Yeah, because most people aren't, including myself. I struggle with that. I hate drinking water, but I make myself. And it makes a huge difference in your weight loss, huge.
0: We start then with, what are you eating next? How many calories? Where are you working out? There's investigatory questions where the opposite side of that, for most stores that I've been in, Sally Soccer Mom walks in and says, you know, i am really like to lose some weight. The man or woman behind the counter says, great. And you start walking people over to the fat-burning products.
1: Which is bullshit. Well, I'm sorry, but every fat-burning product I've ever taken has made me feel like death.
0: So I'll inherently say that I lovingly disagree with you.
1: I know. I know you do, but I don't. I don't like any of them.
0: It's okay to not like them. It's cool, but like they do work. But what happens is, in most of those, they're increasing your resting metabolic rate, which is then altering the way that your thyroid produces, which is short-term, i.e. mid-term and long-term, altering your insulin resistance, which then is creating a negative feedback loop for when you want to return back to normal life, not lose weight, and what you eat then gets sore as fat. Like, there is a way, place, and time that you might need to utilize a fat-burning product to get over a plateau you might be experiencing. I don't know, but it shouldn't be where the fucking conversation
2: starts.
0: (laughs) It shouldn't be where it comes on the round two. But that's what's wrong with the majority of society right now. You want the quick fix. But I used to want the quick fix. like That was the fucking whiteboard for me. All those were quick fix things. And now it's like, all right, we'll create a supplement company. Sorry, we'll create a supplement store that maybe does sixty grand a month in revenue. Not gonna become independently wealthy because as you are listening, 60 grand in revenue is not sixty grand in profit. Yeah, we
1: don't take sixty grand home.
0: You pay people and you pay for everything. There's nowhere near that much money left. But done for long enough where it's cash flow positive long enough, you use the revenue the profit from that store to open a second location. Mm-hmm which gets you buying power to get better deals on the products from the manufacturers. You follow that same process. You open a third and a fourth. Now you have four stores doing 60 grand a month that have all paid for themselves. And now you're building something called enterprise value. Because long term, someone's going to want to come in and buy your customer base if they're loyal. And you can show that your reorder value, your client retention rate is 30% or higher. Someone wants to buy that company because you have a loyal fan base. Mm -hmm. So the long term play, long term for us is really eight to 10 years. Gianna graduates. She leaves. Now you have four companies. I'll just say conservatively generating at that point, I hope 400 grand a month in revenue, which should be eh, at that point, 80 grand a month in profit. Multiply that by 12. I'm going to make it simple and say it's a million bucks, although it's 960 grand. Multiply that by probably three. So $3 million and you sell, you sell for three times earnings. Just like that. The money that didn't matter, with a long-term plan, is now the annuity that we build in to make sure that when Gianna leaves and we want to travel the world, like, that's the retirement. Mm-hmm. Because the other side of things that Lindsay and I don't always agree with is an investment strategy. Like the market, I don't, I don't own AT and T, right? So I don't know what at what point AT and T is going to come out and say they cook the books that something's wrong, like that something went wrong. It's all the money that I put in the stock market to invest in at and I don't really control that, right? It's it's just out there. Where I know if I can create a 20% return on investment and get a three times earnings, I'm in control of that. If it fails, it's because it's me. But I'm not going to fail, right? So that becomes the additional retirement is you're earning income as a family for the next eight to 10 years, plus you have this thing you sell at the end for, insert here, how much money? mm mm-hmm. And who knows what will actually happen. But like that's the plan. That's the thing. And I hope as you were listening, part of this maybe inspires you to think outside the box. Maybe it slows you down. Like I needed somebody to slow me down. Like you don't need six things you're working on right now. (laughs) Get one thing dialed in so it works really fucking good. Really good. Make sure it stabilizes for a while. Not like a month, like six months, eight months. Make sure it keeps growing up until the right. Make sure it's not time for money. Make sure it can't break in your absence. Create the systems and processes. is not allowed to do that. Then consider diversification. Because eventually, yes, just like I said to you, being you, my wife, mm-hmm. Lindsay, in the studio. At some point, your life experiences allow you to create new things. Like it, it will make sense for one day for us to own property with a horse barn on it, where we can make money at that because it's something you already do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just mathematics, right? It, it will make sense at one point to own a roofing company because we have assisted or ran or operated roofing companies before and there's good margin in it and it's replicatable. But those times aren't right now in this moment. They sure as shit weren't six, eight months ago. I'm done talking.
1: (laughs) It's it's 100% what it's like to be his wife. You've gotten a little glimpse into it, but really it's, it's something that we've been thinking about for, Oh, all about a week. But it's enough that we have been, right, right? The, this this company's been about a week.
0: Yeah, the 27th of December.
1: Yeah. And it's the third? I
0: don't yeah,
1: know. It's the third. Yeah. <laughs> so not that long. But it's something that, you know, as we grow as a couple and grow our businesses and stuff, we want to make sure that we leave some kind of a legacy for our family And that we've done things that we're passionate about but overall continue to make an impact for other people. That's probably the most important driving factor in everything that we do because I don't believe that you or I in our lifetime are going to dip our hands and toes into things that don't positively impact other people.
0: I don't know. I mean, after watching Narcos, I would love to be a drug kingpin. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, personally, (laughs) there's a lot of money in cocaine.
1: Yeah, so he, Ryan will tell you that he's missed his calling to be, like, the stockbroker from Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Street. I can tell like a son of a bitch.
1: Pablo Escobar.
0: No, he's, I like, couldn't. Just I, drug lord. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, he, he's,
1: he's not, not, not Pablo style, right? And no, we're not talking Cali Cartel or Medellin or any of that.
0: I would have to kill people. I mean, that's the nature of how that works. Yeah. But at that extreme level, like, the Cali Cartel is a little different with more treating it like a business. Yeah.
1: If you guys haven't watched Narcos, you're not going to get it. But <laughs> we're now we're now drug running experts from watching that show. But yeah, it's just I I don't know you you wanted to be all these things, but really we've just realized that if we stay in our lane, we can accomplish a whole lot more one thing at a time.
0: Focus, like the the mission statement. If if I can for me this year, and I think it will apply to many people is to be ruthlessly consistent with taking daily imperfect action. You, you don't have to have the plan all figured out.
1: <clears throat> no, but you just have to take some step toward the direction you want to go.
0: Yes, you don't have to overthink it. You don't have to – you you have to fail your way to success, but the only way to do that is to actually move off your rear end and go try something.
1: Well, people get stuck because you see the goal, you want to get there, and you want to get there quick. And – you forget about the 25,000 small steps you're going to have to take to get to that goal. It's not, and that's where everybody gets stuck, including us, once upon a time. True. Wrap us up, love.
0: I'm out. <laughs> he it's, sh- all, it's all you. I'm done. <laughs>
1: He's shocked today. Well, we appreciate you guys joining us. And again, like he said last episode, it's going to be sporadic and we're not making... Ourselves slaves to the podcast. We enjoy sharing our lifestyle and things that we're doing and building and growing and things that we're experiencing in our own marriage and relationship. And hopefully it can impact and apply to your life as well. So, with that, I bid you adieu for this episode of 15 Minutes to Freedom.